It's time. It's time. You know what time it is. Tuscaloosa's longest-running sports show. The biggest goal of our team, especially in the first half, we at Bama, we're trying to be the best. Always is to win a national championship. It's something cool to look back on. We don't want to waste the failure. You're inside the game. The game. John Mechie on the ground. Appreciate your interest in the game. On your home for Alabama sports. And Alabama wins. Tide 100.9. And streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Powered by Tuscaloosa Toyota. Now, now, here's your award-winning host. Ryan, Ryan Fowler. Hey, and a big good afternoon to you. Welcome to the game. C-Town, Tide 100.9, the home of Alabama Crimson Tide Sports. We're going to have some fun today. We're going to step back. I know it's not a Dreamland score prediction day. We're not going to take scores for Alabama and LSU, even though we could look ahead to some confidence intervals when you look at the Alabama Crimson Tide. We're going to do that today, but... Also, I'm, I don't know about you, Mason, but I'm not done celebrating this Alabama Tennessee game. I mean, I, I know that Nick Saban sets this 24 hour rule and, you know, we look ahead to the opponent. We put all that behind us, but you know, the more of these Tennessee folks chatter up there, the more I feel like that we owe it to them a little bit more celebration. You know, we don't take the field goal post and we don't throw them in the Black Warrior River. We don't tear them down. We don't rush the field. And I hope, this is me, this is probably old school, but I hope I never see Bryant Denny Stadium field rushed. I hope it, it, because it means that we're still on top, that we know what winning winning feels like, that we don't have to, you know, jump out there and do crazy stuff to get our attention. You know, we don't have to cost our university a couple hundred thousand dollars. Uh, hopefully we never do it. Uh, you know, other sports on campus might, but when you look at the football side of things, uh, we expect to win. And even on the other sports, I mean, you don't see it uh, uh, very often. Uh, I know it's probably happened in a couple of situations in basketball uh, when Antoine, uh, Antoine Petway uh, did his layup against Florida. I remember the court getting rushed. There's probably been some other instances there, but, uh, you know, they've even trained, you know, the basketball because we've had so much success to go to the student section. And you saw that Saturday uh, with a group of running backs and uh, also uh, Jalen Milrow uh, going straight to the student section. We saw it with Nick Saban. We, we saw them take the celebration there. So today we're going to talk about Alabama, and, and we're going to do it from a couple of different standpoints. We're going to talk about some ways that this team uh, can improve. How do you think they can improve? What do you think they can do to get better? We saw this game being a lot cleaner than some of the other games, right? Uh, one penalty, five yards. That was didn't even hit their mark when we talk about average. So when you look at the University of Alabama, we're going to dive into this from from that standpoint. But I hope uh, for those and, and uh, Mason, when you and I went off the air last night, we were still taking phone calls and we were having to ask people, you know, to condense everything in one minute or two minutes. Today, we're going to stretch our legs a little bit and kind of reflect back on, on that win against Rocky Top. I don't want it to, you know, be a hangover, but uh I feel like Monday and Tuesday we can devote uh, to that game, and we'll do that. Mike Dettelier coming up in just a couple of minutes. We'll ask him you know, ways that he could see the University of Alabama getting better. I know Nick Saban was up at the coaches clinic and uh, had some great things to say, and I listened to some of that. We may chime in uh, from time to time, and I know he's talking about a reset button. He talked about psychological tired. You know, and you know, I'm going to ask this question. Hey, Mason, jump in here for just a second okay um because nick saban said something that it kind of stuck with me you ever you ever listen to nick saban and try to apply it to life because he said something about are you psychologically tired or are you physically tired and they have a measurement where they could tell ryan's output for the day and we know what he's capable of we know what his baseline is and we know how far we can push him above but then also, he said, the psychological part of this is when, when you look at this, are you tired because you're supposed to be tired? Think about what Alabama has went through. Eight games, including, you know, that tough game against Texas. That was a loss, and you had to mentally uh, get through that hiccup. But he talked about psychologically tired or truly physically tired. You're supposed to be tired after playing eight games straight. Four left, 
but it's kind of like what you and I do in the evening, right? 9.30 in the evening, I'm supposed to be getting ready to go to bed. I know I'm old. I get it. I get it. I get it. I mean, but, but you know, 10 o'clock, I'm worse than I was at 9.30. Oh, you know, I'm tired. I'm tired. Oh, I'm sleepy. But am I really sleepy or is it just the time? So at eight weeks in, and I will tell you this, I'll add a little something here. Uh, I've got several friends that know Nick Saban as well as anybody in Tuscaloosa. And one of the things that they tell me that is unique about Coach Saban, you know, he never complains about where, heck, Mason, I probably did it a couple times last week with you. Uh, you know, two hours in, you're like, oh, man, I'm tired. But according to people that I talk to about Nick Saban that know him as well as anybody, they say he never says that. He never says, I'm tired. I don't feel good. I don't have the energy. Wow. I wish I could live my life like that. Mason, you ever say you're tired and you're really not tired? I mean, I, I'm tired right now, Ryan. <laughs> well, you've been going since like what five o'clock this morning at yeah. your other job. Yeah, I got okay. up. You know, I got up at the at the usual about three fifteen, three thirty a.m. this morning, and uh, whoa, started whoa. My day. whoa, 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 whoa. How long does it take you to get going? Well, I, I'm I am not a person that can just kind of wake up and go. You know, uh, my mother, my my a lot of most of my family is like, you know, they can sleep the absolute longest amount of time possible and then just jump out of bed and sprint right to wherever they got to be. But I mean, I, I've got to get I get up. You know, I take a nice long shower, sitting there and think about my the the upcoming day. Uh, you know, think about my dreams. You know, I, I have a grand old time, and I usually give myself at least hour hour and a half to just kind of wake up in the morning, take a bit, probably a good fifteen. 20 minute shower then i'll put on a couple youtube videos maybe watch an episode of a tv show i like something like that so you're you're a you don't mind getting up it's just it takes you a long time to kind of get warmed up you got a few oh, yeah. warm-up laps here is what you're what you're telling me uh, okay yeah. oh yeah no i can't i cannot just uh just get up and get going oh ooh, ooh, those days those, those days that i oversleep you know and i gotta jump out of bed and sprint to work i'm useless those days Okay. Well, see, and, I, and and maybe I just trained myself a little bit different because I used to work uh, driving an ambulance here into in Tuscaloosa. Uh, I was an EMT, uh, and I, that's one of the reasons why I respect uh, you know first responders, not just EMTs. But literally, we worked twenty four hour shifts, and I did this as a college student. And so I would, and, and one of the reasons why is because you could sleep a little bit. You, you could sleep a little bit, but one of the things if you got a call at two a.m. in the morning, like you you don't undress so you you sleep literally in your clothes that that you're going out to a call with so you you might take off your you know your boots and put them right beside your 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 cot or your bed and then you're up so i, I don't like i don't need anything I, I go from zero to my capabilities in in 30 seconds i am so envious I'm not, of you and i'm not a coffee drinker but see my wife is like you she she does the same thing. She slow to get up, slow to warm up, and she doesn't want anybody talking to her. Oh, me too. I, I, that is my time. It's glorious too. Yes, yeah, and and so well, see for me, man, I come out of the gate swinging. I mean, I'm one of those guys. Like if, if I'm up, I'm up. I mean, I'm zero to one hundred uh, in, in, in just a matter of a few seconds, and maybe that's just where uh, I have been. But I don't drink coffee. Uh, I drink water in the morning most of the time because I think they supposed to say you're supposed to have eight ounces before you have any food. And so normally I drink a lot of water in the morning, and then I go for that good old glass of half-and-half half tea. Uh, I know if my doctor's out there listening, he's still doubting that. Well, hopefully he got the, uh, you know, my blood work back from last week, and uh, maybe that maybe that confirms that I have been not lying about my half-and-half half tea. But uh, people know uh, that I am a... I'm a guy that loves to drink my tea, but I'm not a coffee drinker. I know, but I almost I'm jealous of coffee drinkers because they have all these exotic. I don't even know how to order coffee. I've never been to Starbucks and ordered one. I wouldn't even know how to do all this stuff. I mean, you guys speak like a foreign language. Every like, time my, I have to go, I always just ask Melissa before we go. I just say, Melissa, what do I want? And she tells me. 
Oh, okay, okay, okay. See that that would be my type of person right there. Because I mean, it, my wife does the same thing. She'll say, "Well, you know, get me a cafe mocha double latte." What the world? Uh. Anyway, if I mean, I, I don't even be going in and just saying, uh, "Give me the big coffee and the smaller <laughs> coffee." Yeah, I mean, like we're in America, we don't have to speak French. Well, I want to. Uh, what do you call the? Uh, what do you call the different sizes? Grande. They, they got. I think venti. Venti is the real big one. I think. Okay. Grande, which means large, is not large. I think that's like somewhere in the middle there. And then I, I, there's some. There's a small one too. I don't remember what the size for the small one is. Okay. Okay. Well, either way, uh, Nick Saban says that a lot of that is just psychologically because you're supposed to be tired. We'll get to Mike Dettelier coming up in just a couple of minutes. Uh, now you know how Mason and I start the day. Mason starts a little different. He starts at 3.50 in the morning. He goes to another job, and then he comes here. So uh, always appreciate the hard work that he gives our program. We're going to have some fun today. We're going to take a lot of phone calls. We will talk with Josh from College Football Nerds coming up in the 3 o'clock hour. We'll talk to Mike Detillier next, powered by Tuscaloosa Toyota. I'm Ryan Fowler. This is the game on Tide 100.9-1230 WTBC. You're home for Alabama Crimson Tide Sports. Always live. Always local. Dependable news coverage. The latest news only from the Tuscaloosa Thread Newsroom. Several area leaders in West Alabama were at a groundbreaking on Tuesday for the new Benjamin Barnes YMCA on Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard. The original Barnes branch of the YMCA was opened in 1961, and the new facilities are expected to cost near $12 million. And check out the details at TuscaloosaThread.com as more funding has been approved for road upgrades in West Alabama. In the plan signed by Governor Ivey, Highway 43 is expected to be expanded to four lanes from Mobile to Tuscaloosa. And don't forget to look at the Threads event calendar for details on tonight's annual Tech Retreat, happening at the Gateway Innovation and Discovery Center. For the latest local news in Tuscaloosa, Alabama Sports Updates. And severe weather information, download the free Tuscaloosa Threat app. Never pay for your news and sign up for our daily newsletter with news updates. It's back, the Captain Ray and Randy College Football Forum. DanielMoreArt.com. As we celebrate special occasions, birthdays, anniversary, that Alabama fan in your life, it's DanielMoreArt.com. Christmas time upcoming. You want to celebrate that Alabama fan by visiting the website. All the great prints celebrating Heisman winners, great coaches, Nick Saban, and Alabama's given us so many great moments to think about. And we talk about living rooms. Tua Tungavailoa, second and 26. Devontae Smith, Heisman Heights, Mark Ingram, Bryce Young, Nick Saban, Coach Stallings, Coach Bryant, DanielMoreArt.com. Remember the code word, the game gets a significant discount. You got to put it in the game, significant discount, DanielMoreArt.com. And we would also ask when you say, where did you hear about this? We'd ask that you would select the game with Ryan Fowler. We greatly appreciate you going to DanielMoreArt.com. Com. Mexican food right there in Northport. If you're looking for the great specials daily, the fajitas are outstanding. The pastures dip, the appetizers, the fried ice cream, always a great option. It is pastures, kitchen, Mexican food. Also find the food truck. And we are also now serving breakfast at pastures, kitchen, Mexican food. Stop by the McFarland Boulevard location. You can also find them in Northside pastures, kitchen, Mexican food with Pastor Garcia. Your best. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A warm afternoon, partly to mostly sunny. The high today, 82. For tonight, fair with the low at 56. The weather stays unseasonably warm tomorrow and Thursday. Lots of sunshine both days. Highs between 81 and 84. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 81 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Light up those phone lines on the game with Ryan Fowler. 205-342-9904. You're inside the game on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Girl in Louisiana, and though I'm out on the highway, my thoughts are still with her. 
SaintsReport.com. Uh, he's a guy that loves to talk college football with us, and we love to hear his analysis. Mike Dettelier, I hope your Tuesday's going great. Welcome into the game in Tuscaloosa. Thank you, Ryan. I appreciate it. Mike, do you guys spend as much time during the bye week? And I know you guys have an overlap. You cover the NFL. But uh, from a college standpoint, do you guys automatically shift gears to Alabama, and you spend the two weeks talking about Alabama because I feel like that's what we're going to do pretty quickly with LSU. Probably not, Ryan. We'll talk about it a little bit this week, uh, but as the week goes along, uh, Friday, and then we have a, a special uh, three-hour show Saturday, and uh, believe me, we'll be talking about LSU, Alabama. So uh, I would. Uh, center around Saints talk uh, a little bit, certainly about the World Series matchup. Uh, Tulane has, is really playing good football. Talked a little bit about LSU, and we did today on our television show. And uh, we got a lot of Alabama stuff, and we we got we got a lot of stuff to talk about next week for them. So um, to answer your question, not as much uh, probably today and tomorrow and Thursday as you do, uh, but uh, come Friday and from all, then that eight-day run, we talk a lot about LSU, Alabama, and despite the ever-changing world of college football, and I, I do this every year, and I've got some numbers, not all of them, but of all the yearly rivalry games, it is the one game that has produced four NFL players over the last 10 years than any other rivalry game in college football. Talent on talent. Uh, guys that both teams recruited, and uh, Alabama has the edge there. No question about that throughout the years. But just amazing to think about all the players that have played in this game uh, throughout the years that have went on to play in the NFL and just some memorable games. and uh, That 2019 game was so big, I know, for LSU because Coach Hill told me that, you know, no matter what happened, um, for some LSU fans, that win over Alabama meant more than winning the national championship. As crazy as that may sound. Wow. Uh, uh, that for some people, that win and – I'll tell you a quick story. Uh, Bobby Bear's dad, Mr. Bob, who passed away, he was one of the first uh, people in Louisiana to, to die from COVID. Uh, he had some overlapping problems, and well, once he got it, he, he didn't last real long. I never saw him so emotional in his life. And I was there when they won the national championship, and we had the show to follow one day. He was never more happier than when LSU beat Alabama. I mean, uh, to be in that control room, we in the CBS control room, uh, and that Clyde gets that first down, uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire. And just the, the station sort of erupted uh, at that moment. And, man, I ran down the stairs because I knew we getting ready for television because we were doing it uh, maybe 10 minutes or 15 minutes after the game ended. And just, uh, it, it was really something special. But for some LSU fans, that game in 2019 to win was more important than winning that national championship. Mike, uh, any thoughts on Alabama's performance against Tennessee? Uh, for a couple of minutes, well, I thought Tennessee had slipped into Bryant Diddy and, and done it uh, to the tide. But uh, there was four quarters for a reason. Haven't we seen it? We've seen this. Okay, it's a rerun. And for Alabama, some Alabama fans, they don't like it. We said it before the season. They're going to win, but it's not going to be what you've been used to. 
Okay. You think about a couple weeks back, they didn't play a good half against Texas A&M in the first half, but end up pulling out the W at the end. You play against Arkansas, you had a really good first half, and then the second half, uh, you left the door open and Arkansas had a shot. Uh, this week, it flipped right back. Flipped right back to didn't play particularly well, not give Tennessee a lot of credit. I thought Josh Heifel had a really good game plan. And, uh, man, his offense was clicking in the first half, and it all worked uh, for him. And Alabama sort of some self-inflicted wounds uh, early on, but what a game plan in the second half. And it reminded me, we, we were doing the LSU pregame, uh, me and Herb Tyler, and I told Herb, you know, man, everybody, you know, Alabama's going, I was like, man, I, I would not close the door on this, on Alabama winning. Uh, and it, it goes back to a comment that Joe Burrow told me after the 2019 season. And I asked him what was the toughest moment, and he said, when we played Auburn, he said that team was really good, but he said, I'm going to give you two words why they were really good. Kevin Steele. Yeah. And we had ne- we had watched it on film. They had never played the defense they came out with that day. They came out with a 3-8 defense. Three guys up front dropped eight in the coverage. Joe said, man, the first time I get, I look around, I'm like, man, what in the hell's happened? (laughs) I've not seen this. You know, and he said, you know, listen, we had spent all week breaking down little tendencies on that Auburn defense. And he said, man, Kevin Steele threw, threw us a wild card. In that first half, and he said, we, we really didn't play that great in the first half at all. We struggled. So he said, you know, we, we in halftime, we try to make adjustments. And he said, you know, I'm talking to Slinger, and that, that's what we call Steve Insminger and Joe Brady. And he said, we come out in the second half. They had a different look. He had already adjusted, figuring we were going to adjust to the 3-8. And he was like, you know, we ended up winning that game, but he said, you're talking about it. That was difficult because he said it became the ultimate football chess game with, with Kevin Steele. And, you know, and that stuck in my mind all these years of how Joe Burrow now is really going on and on about how Steele gave them uh, so many issues because of the looks. And, and he did have some athletes now. And that Auburn defense in 2019 was really good. Uh, but he said, I, he said, I never saw that 3-8 defense. We never saw it on film. They had never played it. He said, we had broke down film of Steele's defense uh, for the past two years, the prior two years, and never seen it. And he said, when we came out in the second half, he said, when I've got my look, they had changed already. Like I said, we did see some 3-8 defense in the second half, but he said it wasn't as prominent as it was in the first half. Evan Steele, you know, the old Pops, hey, um, he come up <laughs> with it. Yeah, and, I, and I give him credit. Uh, that defense was stifling, and Josh Heupel helped him. You know what? Fourth and one, get your quarterback under center. How many times we got to say this, Ryan? Why are you taking a snap? Uh, out of their shotgun. So you go backwards to go forwards? Man, I, I, somebody got to explain that to me because I don't get it. And I thought that was the turning, real turning point. Uh, you hit them with a quick strike offensively, but really what broke Tennessee's back uh, was that fourth and what it was, half yard or whatever it was. Yeah, it was definitely less than a yard. Yeah. And you don't get it. You turned it right back over. And then the, the fumble and the scoop, and, and you take it in after that, it was game, set, match. So I, t- I text Herb after that. I said, Herb, <laughs> I told you, uh, man, I, I, I've seen this, been there, seen this before. And Alabama has got that streakiness to them. And, you know, a lot of old coaches in the past, because I got them in my family, will always say, you know, you live like that, and you may eventually die by that. You know, you don't play a good half of football, 
and you may catch a team that's really good and you can't come back. So I think the intrigue is going to be Alabama's defense going up against LSU's offense. Um, it's just been a superb LSU's offense. And now the emergence of Brian Thomas Jr. at wide receiver, you know, everything was being paid on for, to Malik, who I think, other than Marvin Harrison, <laughs> you can make a pretty good argument. Malik Neighbors is maybe the best receiver in college football. But it, now you got a guy that's leading the college football world in, in touchdown catches. And it's not Malik Neighbors. It's Brian Thomas Jr. And that, but LSU secondary is so damn bad. <laughs> I mean, oh, come on. It was a historic Saturday night. Army had never played in Baton Rouge. Uh, it's been 1931. It was the last time. Army won the game. And Huey Long was the governor of Louisiana. So, man, that was a long time ago. That's almost 100 years. And so, and no, I didn't cover it either. So, um, you know, to have Army there, and it, and it was a great night to see the Black Knights and the cadets and everything. And this is, like in Alabama, a lot of people that have been in the military. And I got more requests for those tickets than any other game I can remember in quite some time. They want to go see Army play. And uh, who knows if you'll ever see that again in Baton Rouge, but... Um, that, that really was no test for LSU. And they, they sort of took the foot off the accelerator. You, you can't tell the third string running back or receiver, don't make, don't score. I mean, you know, he, you know, he's in there because, you know, he wants to make a play. Uh, but everything's geared up for Alabama and uh, Alabama's erratic nature, throwing the football, going up against a secondary that has been riddled this year. And it's been by virtually everybody. Everybody's throwing the football against LSU because of that cornerback play. Um, I, and that's not going to get better in two weeks. Mike, uh, when you look at Jalen Milrow improving week by week by week, yeah, um, he's got a cannon for an arm. I mean, the deep ball is his best ball. I mean, it, it, it's one that, you know, teams are going to have to start even, you know, Providing some extra respect because once a game or twice a game, he's going to get it for a touchdown. Uh, his mobility is, you know, he's one of the fastest guys on the team at his size. Where do you think he could take some steps in his game uh, coming into this bye week? The short week, short game. Uh, I think if he needs work, that's where it's at. And I see some mechanics with him that are a little off. Uh, he throws off of his either front foot or his or his heel sometimes on the shorter throws. Uh, when he sets and plants, he throws the football well. And, sure. and that's what he does on the deeper ball. But it, it's the short intermediate stuff. Uh, that That's where I'd work at. And you're right. His wheelhouse is his ability to work out of the shotgun and then sort of shimmy uh, either left or right throw off the run and throw it deep and let his receivers get under it. Where he could get better is in the short intermediate part of the game, where uh, to have that element when you would need, when maybe the long game's not going to be there. Because if you live by that, you're going to die by that, okay, eventually. Um, uh, Mo neighbor Joe Clark, who coached 50 years in the NFL, he that was his deal. Uh, you're not going to make a living throwing the deep ball. You can win some games, but you're not going to make a living doing it. you got to be able to throw the ball and keep that defense on the field and sort of wear them down. And if you look at the A&M game and you look at the Tennessee game, man, uh, how many defensive plays did Alabama have on defense in the second half against those two teams? It was everything was pretty short, wasn't it? It was, it was kind of one, one, two, three punt, or the fourth down didn't work, or it was a turnover. Man, you you keeping your defense fresh. What a defense doesn't like, and a coach defensively doesn't like, and Nick will be the first to say it when they got you out there and they wearing you out. You know, and 
okay, it's uh, third and four and you gain six. And then you get them in another third down situation and third and four and, and they gain five. Man, deep, nothing kind of works on you, especially on a Saturday night and it's hot of that, that part of the game. Uh, just sort of that wear down. And so um, yeah, I think, Brian, the, the two things have to work here. And one is I would like to see Milrow work a little bit better in the short to intermediate part of the game. Now, part of that, too, is offensive line play. Because, man, sometimes you're getting pressure, and he's getting it fast. And so he's got to get rid of the football quickly. Uh, but to improve that short intermediate game, and that all starts up front with pass protection. And secondly, it will be Alabama's ability to get off the field on third down with a team that, man, they hit you a lot of different ways. And so, yeah, it's a classic matchup. And, and man, how great is this? In the final game, for CBS on prime time. This will be the very last one at night for CBS. It's not a contracts change in the SEC. LSU, Alabama. LSU, Alabama. Because we, we all remember those games of, of how big games there were. And, and I remember a few years back, you know, Billy Fournette comes in and he, you know, he's so big-time favorite for the Heisman Trophy. <laughs> and every time Leonard touched the ball, I could have took a team picture of the Alabama defense. I, I could have got at least nine of them in on most plays, and sometimes ten. And who becomes the guy? Derrick Henry that night. <laughs> he wore down LSU, man. Uh, they didn't want nothing more Derrick Henry after that night. Uh, man, Derrick went on a tear. And you, you talk to those LSU players afterwards, and they were like, man, oh, we've seen nothing like that, you know. Uh, Leonard Fournette's a big man. He ain't Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry's a really big man. And so, uh, yeah, and all those, you know, the the crazy games, uh, you know, what it was, 9-6, and, um, you know, a couple games in Baton Rouge where Alabama, they just came, yeah, LSU's all hyped up, jumping all around. Alabama, they, they were in there, hey, this is business for us, <laughs> and shutting them out. You get Zippo on the board offensively. Been some great games between the two of them, and certainly the connection with Nick of, of what, he, what he's done for both programs. LSU fans don't like for me to say it, but the hell with that. Before Nick Saban, LSU was a middle-range team in the SEC. Nick brought them to a national championship, and he put them at another level. Really, really did. And so, and I think of what he's done at Alabama, unprecedented. The greatest run in my lifetime I've ever seen with a college coach in a college program. What he did to two programs, unprecedented. Uh, and and you, were in, you were in the scope. So you got everybody's best shot when you played LSU back then and when you play Alabama today. You were getting everybody's best shot. Well, Mike, I, I'll never forget. Uh, I'm sitting beside Mike Dettelier in 2016. Jalen Hurts went down there as a true freshman. And yeah. uh, the the stadium was so loud that I, I was having to literally, I was having to whisper. I was having to write down notes. We'd have to make hand signals because you couldn't hear anything. And uh, I love the environment of Tiger Stadium. Oh, uh, that Ryan, place I remember. Is, I remember that, and I was sitting, I sat in the back, because me, I like to sit in the front, uh, and, and you were on the second row, but I sat in the back, and next thing you know, man, I got an official with me from the Fiesta Bowl, uh, the Cotton Bowl, <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> all these major bowls, they all are, you know, they all there to watch it, and we in the third quarter, and it's zero, zero, you know, and it's like, sure. man, what, that, what, what are we seeing here? Uh, in this spot, and uh, yeah, that was that was a great night. And Jalen, man, pulled it out. Uh, he, he did a great job that night of uh, being able to put together a couple drives and and kind of seal the deal. But man, you talk about rough football. 
you talk about throwback 50s, 60s game, that was it. And, and the hitting in that game afterwards went in the LSU locker room, and those guys could barely move uh, because it was so physical that night between both teams. I remember, and he wouldn't mind me saying this, Pete Jenkins coaching defensive line, sitting in that corner just crying like a baby. Just crying like yeah. we gave everything we had, and Hurts pulled it out at the end. And it just, you know, you remember those times uh, to, to see those those type games. But I remember looking around me and all these officials from all these bowl games, and it gets to the end of the third quarter, and it's zero zero, and everybody's like, "Wow, what are we watching here?" It, it was really something. Mike Tatilier, WWL, the big 870 with Bobby Bear and company there on the historic station. Mike, I always appreciate you. Thank you so much. Uh, I'll look forward to uh, talking with you next Tuesday as we'll break down more LSU Alabama. Have a great week, man. Thank you. Appreciate it, Ryan. Thank you, brother. Thank you. We will continue with more of the game. T-Town, Tide, 100.9, the home of Alabama Crimson Tide Sports. Go inside the Alabama Crimson Tide with the Gary Harris Show. Hey, everybody, it's Gary Harris. Coming up Wednesday morning at 9 a.m. on Tide 100.9 FM and 1230 AM WTBC, I'm going to have the NASCAR report with Matt Coulter as we're winding down the season. Also, Alabama football recruiting report, your phone calls, and much more. That's the Gary Harris Show on Tide 100.9 FM and 1230 AM WTBC. Catch the Gary Harris Show Monday through Friday, 9 to 11 AM on Tide 100.9 and Tide100.9.com. For power equipment, if you're looking for chainsaw needs, if you're cleaning up those leaves or yard debris, you'll find the backpack blowers, the battery operated tools, the Echo Outdoor Power equipment, Crest Outdoor Power Equipment, the battery operating tools by Husqvarna, and you'll also find great inventory on the zero-turn commercial and the residential mowers by both Skag and Husqvarna. Service department do that end-of-the-season maintenance at Northport Power Equipment. It's two blocks east of the Northport Civic Center since 1996. Northport Power Equipment. A huge part of the game is SEC Parlay Pick Day on Friday. It's made possible by Brian Harden Construction, a diverse business. Crane and equipment rentals up to 320-ton cranes available. The CNC machines, reverse engineering, laser cutting, specialists in modern construction. It's bhardenconst.com. Experience you can count on. Let's build something together. The website, very informative. It is bhardenconst.com. Brian Harden Construction. Construction, industrial contractors and fabrication, I-beam installation, Brian Harden Construction. Every Friday made possible by Brian Harden Construction. National Championship Team covering a national championship team. The best sports talk in the state. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. We can certainly move ahead to LSU, but I'd like to continue to dance in the street a little bit uh, to continue to celebrate that Alabama victory. And the more Tennessee cries, um, I just talked to my dog during the uh, the the break here. She's kind of uh, hanging out with me this week, and uh, I think I've told you guys yesterday I'm in Tulsa, Oklahoma. So at some point, I'd like to request a little Don Williams. In Tulsa time, but uh, kind of work that in any time between now and six o'clock. But uh, came out with my wife. My wife's got a conference here, and uh, as you know, sometimes I'm the tag along, and uh, this uh, this week I'm uh, doing it remotely, and I'll be back uh, uh, coming up on this weekend. But uh, uh, decided to bring her with us, and uh, I'm going to put up a photo on Twitter, Mason, that's going to absolutely blow. Your mind. I was talking to her a couple of minutes ago, and I said, uh, "What do you think about these Tennessee fans um, continuing to whine?" And uh, she gave me a beautiful look, and I'm going to post it on Twitter 
uh, coming up here in just a couple of minutes at Ryan C. Fowler. But let's go to Paul and Lincoln. Paul, are you still celebrating this victory over Tennessee? Ryan, I'm still celebrating. I'm still on cloud nine. And I, I, I love to see the tears continue to fall <laughs> from, from Rocky Top. Oh, uh, yes. Yes. They, they, <laughs> Ryan, they have got a, they have got a bad case of it, my man. I mean, um, all right. I, go ahead. And I go was ahead. listening this morning to Clay Travis and this morning he was on the next round, which is Jim and Ryan and uh, LT's show. Yeah. Yeah. Here, here it is right now. This is Clay Travis right here. <laughs> That, that sounds just like him. That, that's Clay Travis on the next round. But he, he verbalized it some, but he did say, <clears throat> he, he said, listen, I don't even know if we can. And I, I know Jim very well, and I, I don't know how, you know, copyrights and all this, but uh, they put up a couple of minutes on their Twitter account. And he literally said that he thinks Alabama fans, the reason why we're acting the way that we do is we think that Tennessee has now pulled up equal to Alabama. And I went, whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on a minute. That has nothing to do with it. It simply is Tennessee got (laughs) Alabama last year. It's a revenge game. And we wanted to prove you ain't equal. Can you do math, Clay? (laughs) 16 out of the last 17, Ryan. To me, that tells me that Daddy resides in Tuscaloosa. Would you, would you not agree? And eight losing seasons since 2008. Yes. Eight. I mean, how far exactly. would you have to go back for Alabama to find eight losing seasons? You can't. You can't. Ryan, they're just trying to explain away the pain in the hurt that they really, truly feel. Because they, they thought, <clears throat> they thought, uh, Phil Fulmer 2.0, uh, Josh, Josh Heupel was, was the answer. Um, after they put up 52 last year on, on, on Pete Golding, um, they thought they were dealing with the same type defense, but it's obviously that, uh, that they're not. And, uh, I, I love it, Ryan. I, I love it. And, 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 uh, just think about this. Not only did, did Bama come back and, and, and just, uh, dehorn the vials in the second half, but just, to, uh, after that game is over, uh, about three hours later, the lane train has gone to Lee County and taken down the right Reverend Hugh Hefner Freeze and the cult. They go down. They're burning in flames, and um, it, it made for quite the enjoyable Saturday night for uh, for Paul and Lincoln. Because well, the two I, most I can... hated hated programs in my mind, according to me, uh, both went down in flames, and, and I loved every every second of it. But you know, I, here's the question, though. At least Auburn. Now you live with them uh, in that area, not live with them literally in the same house, but. Uh, when you talk about, I think Tennessee fans, if we're debating Auburn and Tennessee is the most delusional fan base in the SEC, maybe in college football, I don't even think it's close. I think it's Tennessee by a country mile. Well, it's, uh, they're both, uh, they're both bad. They're both very bad. Uh, like, like you said, I'm, I'm, I'm more around, uh, the, the cult members from Lee County than I am some of the, some of the Tennessee fans, but I've been to Knoxville plenty of times. Uh, I've been to Birmingham's Legion Field plenty of times and Tuscaloosa plenty of times when they've been, when we've been playing them. And it's, um, you know, you, 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 you see them come getting out of their, uh, getting out of their, uh, their trailers, Ryan, with their checkerboard overalls on that, that gets me right off the bat. I mean, it's, it's really a sight to see when you see some of those half tons get out of their trailer and, uh, and they've got their, uh, they've got their checkerboard overalls on, Ryan. And, uh, well, they've got their, but, they've, but got, the other they've part got their cigar. 
is little small wins, they make it out to, you know, be bigger than they are. And I think that's just a sign of the program that has suffered and slid so far down. I mean, this program has got a lot of championships. This program has got a, uh, they're tied with Georgia with the second most SEC titles at 13. When you look at Tennessee, I think they've got six national titles over the course of time. And that's, they, they that's don't pre-1971, though, Ryan. That's pre-1971. Well, they, they, they've got a, they've got some way, way, way back there. Back there when, uh, when Dawson was uh, in his prime. That's when, uh, okay. Tennessee had most okay. of theirs. Uh, so think of okay. it, think of it that way. Uh, since 1971, Ryan, Tennessee's basically been, uh, for, other than a, a couple of runs there, they've been basically irrelevant and an afterthought when compared to the University of Alabama. So, um, I, I'm, I'm still enjoying this win, Ryan. Maybe, Me too. Maybe Me too. tomorrow. I mean, we can, like, I want to talk about LSU. Page a little but bit. I, I, yeah, yeah, but, but I, I kind of want to still take some victory laps like Nick Saban did in that stadium. He wanted to take that victory lap. So do I. Exactly. exactly. It, Ryan, it doesn't get any better. I'm telling you, Ryan. It doesn't, because cause you, myself, there's several, I'm sure, of some of the callers. I've heard Jumbo talk about it. We we like to take that trip up into Pigeon Forge, Gatlinburg, you know, uh, a couple times, maybe a year. Um, and uh, it's great, Ryan, uh, when you when you – Get to walk down the streets of Gatlinburg, Ryan, and you've got your Alabama shirt on, your jacket <laughs> on, your your cap on, and there's not a damn thing they can say about it. You know, there's nothing they can say about it. All they can do is stuff their face with fudge. That's all they can do because there's nothing they, they can do about it. It's done. It's over with. We're still daddy, and uh, we'll be a we'll be daddy until we roll in the Knoxville uh, next October. Yep. Hey, Paul, good stuff, man, as always. I appreciate you. All right, buddy. Roll Tide, Ryan. Roll Tide. We'll break here. We're always powered by Tuscaloosa Toyota. You're listening to the game on Tide 100.9, 1230 WTBC. Your home for Alabama Crimson Tide Sports. TuscaloosaToyota.com, a huge part of our show. We are powered by those guys every single day. The service department, always great. The new inventory side, all those new Toyotas comes with that lifetime powertrain warranty. And right now, we have the most inventory that we've had in over two and a half years. Camrys, Corollas, RAV4s, Highlanders, Forerunners, Tundras, Tacomas, also the pre-owned inventory. Most of the pre-owned inventory comes with that same lifetime powertrain warranty. See all of the inventory, TuscaloosaToyota.com and Tuscaloosa Toyota on Scotland Boulevard. Talk about grilling so often. If you want to dominate the grill today or any day, go visit our friends at Mark's Mark in downtown Northport. I walk in there all the time. There's new things added, whether you're trying to amp up the spice cabinet or whether you're going in for a great ribeye, a salmon swirl, a chicken swirl, which is that's what they're home of since 1978. The seafood entrees, the great cheesecake, the great pies that are made here locally. In Alabama, the Blue Spring Living Water. You'll find it at Mark's Mark in downtown Northport under that Roll Tide Bridge. Go see the friendly folks at Mark's Mark downtown Northport under that Roll Tide Bridge. Hey, football. It's the longest running sports show in Tuscaloosa. You're listening to The Game with Ryan Fowler on Tide 100.9. You know my policy, I don't like to squeeze anybody up against this top of the hour break because it's a hard break that I must get out on time. And uh, any other break, Mason will tell you uh, about about 95% that I'm usually late. So uh, that's the story of my life. Uh, we're going to have some fun today. We're going to celebrate this Alabama-Tennessee victory. Uh, as more they whine, the more we'll celebrate. The more they cry, the more we'll celebrate. The more they yell, the more we'll celebrate. Uh, the more they continue to blame officials. And I've even got some Josh Heupel audio and um when you look at it you you almost wonder when you think about the ceiling for tennessee what is it make it the playoffs can they make it to atlanta i don't know 
you know, when you look at probation, uh, going to be sitting in there pretty quick. Uh, they got to pay some, you know, stiff penalties and some scholarship limitations. Uh, probably should have got hit a little, little bit harder, but uh, I guess the NCAs no longer has any true teeth when you look at it. So when you look at the Tennessee Volunteers, maybe reality is setting in. But uh, when you look back at what I was talking about with Paul, uh, when they win a few games, the offseason like belongs to them. It's going to be their year, their year, their year. Not so fast, my friends from Knoxville. And you might even have a couple of more losses on that schedule. I uh, wonder if Josh Heupel might flirt with the NFL because schematic-wise, uh, he's a guy that can, can scheme with the best of them. Uh, he can get his players on a mismatch, and that's what the NFL is all about. Uh, when you look at the NFL, I should have asked Mike Dettelier this a couple of minutes ago. All right, so we'll break here. We'll continue. We've got Josh coming up at College Football Nerds. He'll join us at 3.30. We've got about 35 minutes. We'll take phone calls. We've got Marty coming up. Uh, I've also got Super Joe coming up, uh, Robert and Mobile coming up, and uh, many others. We'll take phone calls. T-Town, Tide 100.9, the home of Alabama Crimson Tide Sports. DreamlandBBQ.com, Dreamland Barbecue. Since 1958, Coach Brown arrived at the University of Alabama. So did Dreamland with Big Daddy's Barbecue Hickory Smoke Ribs. If you're talking about catering for that big tailgate or maybe it's just that family gathering or that small office party, you can do it at either location. You can also order online, carry out, curbside pickup, delivery are now available. It is DreamlandBBQ.com. We do our score prediction every Tuesday and Wednesday made possible by dreamland that wonderful hickory smoke barbecue ribs how about the big daddy barbecue sandwich those wings are underrated they're one of the best in town you'll find them there how about those barbecue baked potatoes absolutely either location in our immediate area tuscaloosa and the original location there off jug factory road downtown northport dreamland ain't nothing like them nowhere i'm attorney steven pharmacy at midtown tj thomas he's the nick saban of pharmacists and if your pharmacist doesn't have an Alabama shirt on, you don't want him. 205-752-0627. Sterile compounding facility, the only sterile compounding facility here in T-Town and West Alabama. All the compounding needs, the retail side. If you're looking for a pharmacy, many of those have closed here in West Alabama and you're looking to transfer your prescriptions, pharmacymidtown.com, pharmacymidtown.com conveniently located right there at the back of Midtown. You'll find the pharmacy at Midtown, a huge part of our show. What's for dinner? 